Welcome to Making Your Impact, a podcast to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make your positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I have a passion for making an impact, and I also have a passion for helping you make yours. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Making Your Impact. I'm very glad that you are here. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Melissa Ike. I'm a co-founder and the director of communications and development for the Dragonfly Home, a nonprofit in Oklahoma City that serves survivors of human trafficking. I'm also a writer, speaker, and attorney. And you can learn more about me at melissaike.com. That's melissaeik.com. Today, I am bringing you with me right into my kitchen. And I mean that very literally. Just so you know, there'll be some ASMR type sound effects in today's episode, not whispering. I mean like the chopping of vegetables and such, you'll see. But why is this happening? It's because today is the Mega Meal Prep Ep 2020. This has been one of the most effective habits I've built for helping me and making my impact. And since one of the podcast goals is not only to inspire, but also equip you in making your impact, I want to share with you what I've learned along the way in building this habit. But before we get into all of that, it's time for a quick Instagram shout out. This week's shout out goes to Sarah Hooper at Sarah Beth Hooper on Instagram. Sarah is a fellow member of the Yukon Writer Society with me and an all around great gal if I do say so myself. So I just want to say thank you to you, Sarah, for following the podcast. And if you would like a shout out, just follow the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact, and I might just give you a shout out on the show. So what is mega meal prep? Well, I'll tell you. Once a month, I prepare and cook one month's worth of lunches, dinners, and sometimes snacks, and then I portion them up individually and freeze them. I have one full calendar year of mega meal prep days under my belt at this point. And when I started this back in January 2019, my hypothesis was that this process would make it super easy to just grab a portion for one meal and heat it up and make it way easier to take lunches to work and also reduce excuses that led me to eat out way too much. And you know what? That hypothesis was absolutely Correct, but it was also a real learning process. But looking back on it a year later, I can say without a doubt, even with the learning curve and the challenges and the things I had to learn about myself, like the limits of just how much I can eat the same exact thing day in and day out, with all of that, this has been massively helpful to me. And I want to tell you all about it in case it could become massively helpful to you too. So come along with me as I peel and chop carrots. Fire up my Instant Pot, let some turkey burgers sizzle on my indoor grill. It's those kinds of nice sound effects. I'm going to share with you every single thing I could think of that I've learned in doing this. So let's get into it. So one habit that I developed throughout my year of figuring out this Um, cooking day that would get me like a month's worth of food is the importance of the Friday night prep. I will sometimes I'll actually get some of the cooking out of the way on Friday nights. But if I don't have time, like I don't really have time for that this Friday night. So I'm just taking a few minutes to do a few things that I have found really cut down on how long of a day I have to spend cooking on Saturday. So like, for example, you can hear my dishwasher going. So getting all of those dishes washed and put away is so helpful because then 
I don't know about you, I'm someone who likes to clean as I go while I'm cooking because I just, I don't want to be left with a mess at the end. And so, I mean, I always have a mess at the end, but I have less of a mess at the end. So I've got like, if I have like a, an empty dishwasher and clear counter space already to go, then that certainly helps. Another thing, uh, as I've got this really nice little indoor grill, a tea fall grill that I mentioned in the episode about this last year. I think I, yeah, I even posted a photo of it on the Instagram. Super handy little guy. I uh, really love it. So I got that all. I was getting that set up. Those are my sound effects that you heard a moment ago. Sometimes I'll go ahead and get the grill used. Like that's one of the things that I'll do first on Friday nights if I'm trying to save time because it's, you know, it's messy to do that to, you know, with the grease and stuff. So that will usually be if I've got time on Friday nights, something that I'll do in advance. I'm also getting my instant pot set out. I'll cook a bunch of rice in this dude tomorrow. So I've got that all set up and ready to go. Something else I will do is I will get my, I'll get my cookie sheets set out and ready because I'm going to roast up some carrots tomorrow. So I'll get those all ready to go because that's a good, what I like about that. So this is part of the process that I just had to learn throughout the year. Like what is truly the most efficient way to go about this? So one thing I like I'll get all this stuff ready to go kind of at the same time. So I'll get my carrots all chopped up and seasoned when that's done. And they're on here uh, when I can get my oven heated up. Then, you know, while that's happening, then I can get my rice in my instant pot and then get that going because that's something that I don't have to babysit. Uh, I can get my grill started heating up so I can put the carrots in the oven, put the turkey burgers on the grill, and I've got these different things going all at once, but it's not like when you have seven pots all boiling at the same time and you're like, ah, it's burning and what about this over here? And, you know, if one thing pulls my attention from the other, nothing's going to get ruined. So that's been a pretty good little process. So while that's happening, that's a good time that I can be getting some other stuff ready. So for example, I'm also going to get set up all of my baking ingredients. What I mean by set up is I'm just going to pull them all out. I don't, I will say this though, this may be, I mean, I don't have a perfect memory of it. I haven't usually been baking during my cooking days. I made the decision to do this though, because another aspect of the cooking days is I want to use what I have. So when I'm putting together my grocery list, I will always just look through my cabinets and see what I've already got available and try to make use of that. It has led to some creative dishes throughout the year. For example, I had had this bag of lentils and this was actually last January, one year ago. Can hardly believe it. So I had a bag of lentils I'd had for uh, two years, something ridiculous like that. And had just never used them. And that led me to making a red wine lentil soup. Oh, because I had also read earlier back in 2018 that if you have leftover red wine, you can put it in the freezer for cooking. And if I ever get a bottle of wine, 
it's usually because I want a glass of wine and I might not have a whole lot more than that. You know, in a couple of days, it's not so good anymore. So I just keep a stash in my freezer where I hold on to that extra wine. And so it led me to make this red wine lentil soup and I all year, I don't know, soup is a wintertime thing for me. And so all year I have looked forward to making that again. Now in this case, I'll have to buy some lentils, but that'll be like 85 cents or something like that. Now this time I have a can of pumpkin. I've got four little applesauce cups. I've got a whole bunch of oatmeal and I have a big bag of pecans because I made a delicious pecan pie at Thanksgiving. I just need that many pecans. So I'm going to make some pumpkin bread, some applesauce. I mean, some applesauce bread. And then I'm going to try and make these oatmeal pecan cookies. So kind of using all those things and just buying stuff to supplement that. That I will say is a process that I have improved on and it kind of comes like very naturally to me now. So I'm, I'm really glad about that, developing that habit, kind of that instinct. So my thought with the baked goods, I was just thinking that I really need to up my snack game at work because it's just too tempting, you know, the afternoon, kind of during that slump between lunch and the end of the day when I'm really in the mood for a coffee it's just so tempting to be like, I'm just going to go get like some fries at McDonald's or I'm going to go to the nearby convenience store and get a snack. So some of the snacks I'm thinking are like keeping cheese and crackers there, which I did slice up big block of cheese. And I got some crackers that I'll take with me, but I've got these other ingredients to use up. So I thought, well, I could freeze those as well and take those to Dragonfly. So I feel like that is a good compromise and then, you know, by the time the next cooking day rolls around, then I may do something different for my snacks. But at least I've got this now and it will be a productive use of these ingredients. Good morning. It is Saturday. I'm getting started with the actual food prep, meal prep. All right, now I am peeling carrots. I'm going to chop them up. Roasted vegetables. Something that I've been doing with carrots, with parsnips, and squash, zucchini. I just roasted it with olive oil and this stuff called Everyday Seasoning from Trader Joe's. So good. And it makes everyone at Dragonfly jealous of my lunch when I heat it up in the microwave. Which is a good feeling, you know? So it's, it's kind of crazy to reflect because I've been doing... A monthly cooking day for exactly one year now. I had tried it a couple of times for the end of 2018, but in January of last year, I decided I wanted to try making it a regular practice and just see if it would have the effect that I expected it to. So it's become a second nature now, really. I usually do it toward the middle of the month. Seems to work out best that way. And I, I talked about this in episode 12, but at least I talked about it a little bit. But my, my original idea, you know, I had been seeing on Facebook all of these videos about meal prep. Pans of roasted vegetables, different kinds of roasted vegetables and chicken, and then you put them all up for lunch during the work week. And I was like, first of all, I don't want to do that every week because that's going to take 
a lot of time every every single Sunday. So I was like, I don't want to do meal prep every single week. I just knew. I'm like, I won't do this. I just won't. And then I also thought, okay, well, you're meal prepping for lunches, but what about what about dinner? What about breakfast? So I was intrigued by the concept, but I just knew that that method was not going to work for me. I'd also had this experience. I've talked a couple times on the podcast about this thing called NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month and happens every November. And I had first played around with the concept of preparing a bunch of food for a month when I was doing some NaNoWriMo prep because the goal with NaNoWriMo is that you write 50,000 words in one month. And that's a lot. And so the thought is like they're like, like YouTubers who were like, you know, the thought is that if you get all this stuff prepped at the beginning of the month, then you're not going to lose precious writing time doing things like meal prep. So I tried it a couple times before. So you just kind of like ended up combining those ideas. And it's been quite the learning experience. You know, it it's totally different than what I was used to. And so it just takes a while to come up with a habit, you know, like get a, an efficient routine. And as somebody who really loves efficiency, I had to be like, listen, you're not going to know how to do this the best way at the beginning. So I kind of treated it like an experiment and that really helped me. But I was really motivated to try it because I guess my hypothesis for my experiment is that it would save me time and money, which was important to me. And, you know, there would be the added benefit of it just being healthier food. And what's interesting too is as of last January, I had started working on the podcast. I had recorded, I'm pretty sure, two different episodes that I deleted because I didn't like them. I didn't have the name yet. I didn't have the concept yet, but I was working toward it. I didn't know at the time, like I knew it was related to me making more time for myself to do other things. Uh, but I didn't even know that what it was really about was uh, creating time for making my impact. So I'm talking to you right now and you can't see me, but I'm gesturing with a knife in my hand. So that's exciting. Um, so when I published this episode, I recorded the episode 12 back in March and I was still pretty new to it back then. I didn't publish it until September because again, the podcast was new and I was still figuring things out. But at least by March, I had the name and the concept of the podcast. But it was too early in this whole experiment for me to realize just uh, how useful this is going to become for me, that it was going to become just like a no-brainer. Not a no-brainer, a much less brainer. Um, because it still takes some planning and some thought, but it's, you know, like I said, it's just started to become second nature. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to look back at March and I was just starting out and I know I was talking about like the questions I had and is it going to achieve this goal for me and what should I do in terms of um, creating a bunch of the same thing or trying out new stuff and now I can look back with some pretty decent experience and that's why I'm sharing it with you. So here are a few things that I learned about this monthly meal prep throughout 2019. It really was an exercise 
in learning a balance between efficiency and variety. So one thing I tried that I thought was a brilliant idea, I'm like, I'm just going to make a ton of the same stuff. I'm not someone who is super adventurous with eating. I like trying new things. I like going to different restaurants. But in terms of cooking, I was like, I can eat a lot of similar things and I'm not going to get tired of it. <laughs> so I, for a couple of months, I was like, chicken tenders. Who gets tired of chicken tenders? Okay, well, first of all, um, I wasn't frying them. I was baking them. Totally different story. And so for a couple of months, I was breading and baking chicken tenders and it took bloody forever. It was such a time intensive process. And then guess what? Uh, you can get tired of chicken tenders. I just, I just didn't want them anymore. So I did that for a couple of months in the spring and early summer. And then I finally, I was like, oh, forget this. I'm, I'm not doing it anymore because it was making me start to dread the cooking day. And I'm like, that is backwards momentum. That's not helping anything. So scratch that. I tried to lean toward types of things that I generally enjoy, but not making so much of it to the exclusion of other stuff. Uh, I did also use the time though to make some recipes that I either had never tried before but thought about or stuff that I hadn't made in a long time. So one thing I did, I had for years been wanting to learn how to make stuffed peppers. I don't know why this seemed like such a big deal to me, except one of my closest friends, Desi, she is originally from Bulgaria and her parents, uh, they all live in the US now. and years ago like this was probably 15 years ago by now her mom one time made these stuffed peppers for me and like they were the best thing ever so i got a recipe from desi because i thought you know maybe there was a, a bulgarian style so she told me what she would put in them and i made them and they were good but i just for whatever reason i just didn't quite get the seasoning right or something i usually can season things pretty well but not with this and they were okay they were good but I also made just way too much of the stuffing and so I ended up getting pretty tired of stuffed peppers but I did it and if I ever wanted to do it again I would at least have a background for doing so <laughs> like it no longer intimidates me it wasn't I mean it was a multi-step process but it wasn't difficult or anything like that but that was like yay that's still an achievement I made meatloaf one month. I think I made a couple of meatloafs. That was fun and just a little bit different. And then something I had wanted to try was making carnitas in my Instant Pot. That's what I'm tapping on right now. So I made that. It was pretty good. It still like, could have been better, but I put it in some frozen burritos that I had wanted to make. So those are like three things I can think of. And I think I mentioned last night but I also ended up making that lentil soup, which I totally want to do again. I did find some go-to things that I've now made pretty consistently. I don't seem to get tired of. That is roasted vegetables, like I mentioned. And then um, various types of burgers, like Jenny O. Is it Jenny O or is it Butterball? Let me look. Butterball. Butterball nose turkey. That should be their, their tagline. So they have some frozen turkey burgers. I get the kind that's seasoned 
you just like I heat up my little grill and you just put them directly on the grill frozen very quick and easy you get I think six of them in that package comes out to like a little over a dollar each it's just really like pretty dang good um, I also like to do bison burgers and or, or like sometimes I'll do uh, like very lean grass-fed beef burgers that's something that I just try to incorporate into my diet I don't know probably about once a month or so just uh, to keep iron up and stuff like that bison is pricier but it's good and just super nutrient rich and the nice thing about those is okay I'm gonna grind up some of this Trader Joe's everyday seasoning for these vegetables the nice thing about the burgers is that you can just grab them and go uh, something else, so different things that I learned about this monthly cooking day in 2019 that specifically apply to making, oh shoot, dropped a carrot on the ground. Dang it. Covered in a lot of seasoning too. I just can't bring myself to five second rule, that kind of thing. So, okay, specifically related to making your impact, I learned that this really became a form of self-care for me. Like in obvious ways, saving money, saving time, eating more nutritiously, it's self-care. Oh, I'm eating way more vegetables than I was before in life. But it's also self-care because it's like this creative activity. It's not work-related, but it's productive. It's making something, it's using my hands. So, that it just tended to, I don't know, it's just been really nice. I've come to look forward to this day. But also related to making your impact, it's just, it's so efficient. I love efficiency. Hi, my name is Melissa. Have you met me? I love efficiency. It's like, it, it's like a hobby for me. So this is something that we talk about a lot on this podcast is like, can we do things that actually end up creating more time in our lives? And I'm, I've been pursuing that zealously in this last year. And I talked about it in a few different ways. And this is just a practice that has been so good because, you know, it's not just about doing the cooking day itself. It's also about things like packaging it all up. So I... When it's all cooled, I put it into all these little containers that I have and stick it in the freezer in individual servings so I can just toss it into my lunch cooler. I can just talk, grab one and toss it in the microwave. It's super quick. And in the end, so I'm not spending a lot of time like deciding what I'm going to eat for dinner, preparing it all the time, and I can either get to chores or relaxing or working on a podcast or um, whatever I'm working on. And it also has made me more efficient, more productive, I would say, at Dragonfly because uh, going out to lunch is fun, but you know, it takes time and then it's like the driving and the ordering and just the deciding, the deciding, oh man, it also takes decisions out of my day. You know, if you've never heard of decision fatigue, give it a Google real quick. But so like by the end of the day, you made so many decisions and all of those tiny decisions that don't feel like much actually really do start to 
add up. And so by the end of the day, it's like, it's proven that we don't make as good decisions at the end of the day as at the beginning because of decision fatigue. So it takes out a, um, a little bit of that as well. Oh, and just a little update on what I am doing. Carrots are all ready to go. Get my Instant Pot out, pulled away. Got my oven heating up and I'm gonna get this rice in my Instant Pot. I love the sound it makes. It's so cheerful. Other things that I learned, just kind of more like practical stuff that I learned in 2019 about uh, throughout this whole process is, this is something that I did not expect, but it makes total sense, is that I really believe that it lowered my AC bills in the summertime. I live in Oklahoma, but listen, I would run AC basically no matter where I lived. You know, I was only heating up the whole house one day a month for cooking and there was like limited things you know I still like doing laundry but that's in a separate room that I can kind of contain the heat in and I mean I heat up my toaster oven every so often for sure but in terms of like having the oven going having the stove going having my grill going I wasn't you know some people it's so easy to fall into doing that like every single day and if cooking is your thing and you're like, shut up, I like cooking. More power to you. I think that's awesome if it's your hobby and something that you enjoy every day and um, is relaxing for you or you know, just makes sense for whatever reason. Listen, there's no judgment here. Cooking is not that for me. I mean, I could enjoy it once a month because it's just this one day, but I loved not heating up my house all the time. It just seemed so, so right to me. I'm not a summertime person. I'm not a hot weather person. And so I was like, ah, oh, yes, this makes sense. Also, I mean, this is maybe obvious, but I think that it was like um, one of my hypotheses back when I started doing this last January. I was like, I think this will make it so that I eat out less. Well, okay, yeah, when I have this food, I for sure eat out less. Okay, that's five and one quarter cups of rice. I'm saying that out loud so I don't forget. But so uh, then I do see the flip side though is if I run out of food that I have prepped, because you know, I wasn't perfect about the timing with all of this and there were, okay, that's three. There are a couple of months there where I actually had a surplus of food and so I was like, well, I'm not gonna do a full cooking day this month. I'll just do a few things because I got some left over. But you know what? It actually, it didn't end up working out as well doing that as I thought it would. And so I realized that it's actually gonna be better for me, even if I have leftovers, to just go ahead and do the full cooking day because inevitably I end up eating out more those months. So it defeats the purpose. Also, you know, other ways that I figure it saves time and money is I'm spending less on gas. I am not running to the grocery store so much. I've had almost no food waste. I mean, sure, if I get lettuce and for salads and I don't eat all of that right away, maybe some of that well, will get tossed if it, if it gets gross before I can get to all of it, but that's been pretty rare. Every so often, I won't drink an entire bottle of kefir before it, you know, loses its freshness. But 
Otherwise, I'm telling you, so much less food waste. And that was a big goal of mine. So it's just like all of these things together might seem small individually, but they really add up. And I mean, if you've listened to other episodes, you know that 2019 was a big year for building habits for me. I talk about it all the time. Gretchen Rubin's books were a big help. I'm going to talk about her here in a little while as well. But, um, you know, and something I had mentioned at the beginning of the year was now a whole year later, you know, a growing process is not always easy or pleasant, but then you come out the other side and that's what I'm doing now. Like I'm seeing the true fruit of all of this with building the habits and it's pretty, it's pretty great. I'm, I'm super pleased with that. So I recorded this episode back in January of this year, January 2020. It's March now when I'm sharing it. And you know what? I've already learned more about Mega Meal Prep Day in just these last two months. And I have some big goals on the horizon for upcoming Mega Meal Prep Days. And I'm pretty excited about it. Honestly, it's made such a huge difference in my life and I'm continuing to refine that process and think about ways to make it more efficient. So there's big stuff to share, my friends, but I'm going to save that for the next mega meal prep app. So that's something to look forward to. Now we're going to move into a making your impact feature and it is called I Tried a Thing. that I tried in today's feature, I tried a thing, is ASMR. I wonder if you've heard of this. If you are on social media or on YouTube, I'm going to say that if you've watched any YouTube video in the last three years, YouTube has tried to make you watch some ASMR because it was such a trend. It's still such a huge trend for them. To be fair, I tried this back in summer 2017, and I'll say I've been listening ever since. Stay with me here. I tried it because I was working such long days at that point is when we were still in the very, very beginning stages. Uh, we were probably just about a year old at Dragonfly, and I didn't want to, I couldn't watch TV while I was working. I used to do that, but it made things take so long because I'd get distracted that I just, I've stopped that practice pretty much altogether. But I would get tired of listening to music, and I couldn't listen to music with words a lot of the time if I was writing, so I needed something else. And I cannot remember. Oh, no, I do remember. I was watching a makeup tutorial and I thought to myself, these are just so fun to watch, even though these people were doing eye makeup techniques that I could never even. There was like artwork, you know, and so I just really enjoyed watching those for fun to see what they would come up with. And so I think that had this connection to ASMR because some people do makeup type videos. And I was like, what's all this now? And so I clicked on it and listened. And there's some of it that I can do and some of it that I cannot do. I cannot do mouth sounds or eating sounds because I also have misophonia. It's a real fine line for me. I don't like a lot of the whisper ones that there are a couple, just a couple that do sort of a, a soft speaking or whisper thing that they seem like very normal people. It's very much like a production. And I'm going to recommend those. They don't just do whispering ones. The ASMR that I like is like crinkly paper, the slime ones where they're kind of like the crunchy slimy combo. I think that's interesting. 
a lot of people do a lot of tapping and I have to be in the right mood. If I'm already kind of anxious, I'm like, stop tapping. But some people do it well and I don't mind it. I like ones where people are just typing on a keyboard. I know that sounds maybe strange to you. It's just a background noise kind of thing. That's what it is. A background noise that I need when I'm working long hours or I need something to distract the part of my brain that is trying to get me to not work on what I'm working on. It's like the little child in my brain that's like, I need I need something to pay attention to. And it's like distracting it with a toy. That's kind of what it is. And I just, I'll just say like it has worked really well for me. And now one, a couple of the people who I'm going to recommend, they are very normal. They're just like acting a role and they do these really beautiful videos that you can tell they put a lot of thought into. And sometimes I'll slap on a face mask and watch one of their videos because they're nice and they're relaxing and it's something engaging, but it's not a TV show that's going to be hard to stop at some point. And then sometimes, even though I'm a very musical person, person, I'm just not always in the mood to listen to music. So I narrowed it down to three favorites. There are others that I definitely like, but these are people who are regularly producing videos. They've got a good following. They're very kind and they really acknowledge their followers and they have a very positive community on YouTube. And so these are ones that I gravitate to and I will maybe even go back to their videos sometimes. And they are, the first one is Gentle Whispering, who she's kind of like the queen of ASMR. She doesn't act that way at all. She's just been around a really long time. She has 1.83 million subscribers and she was uh, definitely a pioneer in all of this. What's interesting is how international this community is. She's from Russia. She's been living in the U.S. for a long time. And then another one, her name is Latte ASMR. And I'm not I'm not sure where she lives. Maybe Korea. I'm not sure. She, uh, ha- she does her videos in English, but then she has explanations of them in Korean and maybe Japanese. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if I'm properly distinguishing between the Asian languages, but um, she is, she's just adorable. And she has these high production quality videos that are just really like fun to watch. The creativity is another part. Another thing that I like. So all these people I'm recommending have high quality and they're very creative. They're all doing something different from everybody else. And I like that. So Latte ASMR, that is one I'll watch more almost for the art of it. They are called ASM artists. A little portmanteau there for you. And then the third one that I'm going to recommend, oh, and Latte ASMR has 1.1 million subscribers. The last one I'm going to recommend, her name is Rebecca's Beautiful ASMR Addiction. And she, she's newer to the game. I'm not sure how long she's been around. She has over 21,000 subscribers and she just seems like such a kind person and she does really unique videos as well. So I know that everybody has differing views on ASMR. One of my friends fell asleep watching a YouTube video a couple weeks ago when she woke up, it was playing an ASMR video and I don't think it was one of these that was just someone whispering and she's like, ah, turn it off. It's not her thing at all. I totally understand that. And so maybe it won't be yours either. But if you've been on the fence and you're like, I don't even know what to start with, start with these three because I can tell you that they are doing it very well and they're not creepy and I have a low tolerance for creepiness. So you can trust me on that. So maybe if you want to give it a shot, I will link to these three in the episode description and maybe we can all ASMR together. So let's go ahead and wrap up this episode with your question of the ep. 
Today's question is, it's kind of multifold, I guess, depending on your situation. So here we go, your question of the app. Do you do any kind of regular meal prep? And if so, what does that look like for you? And do you find it helpful? Leave your answer to the question in the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact on the post for this episode, which is episode 34. You can also email me at hello at melissaike.com. Or if you've got a lot to say on the matter, you can leave me a voicemail at 405-456-9010. I will see you back here next week to inspire and equip you on your journey to pursuing your calling and making your difference in the world. Until then, please subscribe to this podcast to get inspired and remember that the world needs you to make your impact.